Yes, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Um, We're going to dive into this episode rather quickly, but I wanted to give a little disclaimer because my audio was a little janky in the beginning. But um, thank you for tuning in to The Southern Gent. And yeah, let's jump right into it. Hello, hello, hello. It's Eddie, and I know I've been missing in action, but you don't have to take a little hiatus because you know I'm hosting another podcast. Yes, he speaks. Look it up on podcast platforms out there. And just to take some time for myself, but there's been a lot of topics going on. My timelines have been jumping crazily for the past few weeks, but I wanted to take some time and give you all a special thanks show for folks who don't celebrate the holiday you know folks who don't celebrate thanksgiving so we're gonna call it a gratitude show and i am more than grateful for my guest today to join me we lovingly i lovingly call him but we will definitely we'll definitely say hello tomorrow say hello everybody everybody Oh, I'm on. Okay. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I like everybody. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I am. You came. Normally, I have like a little studio audience every once in a while, but today it's just you and I. So, we're going to hype each other up. All right. I got you. I got you. So, can you tell the yourself? Um, just the simple things. Um, you can call me Marmar or you can call me Marquise. Um, Marquise Dwayne on Facebook. Um, A Marmar on Snapchat as well as Instagram. You know, just a cool Miffy in here. Low key. Don't know a lot about uh, everybody because I tend to kind of keep to myself, but you know, I'm always still watching everything. So okay. I know, I know what everybody want to know. Sound like you have all the juicy secrets. <laughs> I do. I locked them away. <laughs> I love it. So one thing that we did, um, that we do have in common, I know a few of my um, guests have come from Twitter, but you are definitely one to know in Twitter land because you have the tea, you watch the stuff I watch, mm-hmm. and it's just the key, okay? I'm always cackling at your tweets. <laughs> So, recently, we saw some tweets, and we saw videos, we saw headlines of a certain R&B, what do you say, sensation, because I don't even know a couple of songs by August Alsina, but (laughs) the T is, everybody's saying that August Alsina came out because he was recently on, oh, what's the name of it? Surreal Life. Mm Mm-hmm. And he did the final interview for the episode, and he brought out a guy. But he was talking about love. So what's your take on the August Alcina coming out situation? Okay. So originally, when I woke up and I saw him trending on Twitter, I was like, okay, what the fuck has he done now? And like, I had no idea that this is where the conversation was going to lead to. So I watched the video. And heard exactly what he was saying. And, you know, I was happy for him. Like, when I saw him bring the guy out, I didn't think anything of it. Like, oh, he found love through a genuine platonic friendship with somebody. Like, from what I can see in their interaction, it's interpreted to me 
was them having a brotherly bond, you mm. know. And then next thing you know, it's August Alcina came out. August Alcina came out, and you know, at this time it's like six, seven in the morning. I'm getting ready for work, you know. And at the same time, still trying to keep in the know of what's going on. I'm like about to make five different statuses, but I keep on like erasing them because I'm like, no, I ain't in the mood for people that's going to come <laughs> off of, you know, like it's too early in the morning. I know somebody <laughs> probably woke up ready and yes. I, don't want, I don't want my status to be the one because I'm going to get with you too. Okay. So, <laughs> so finally, I was just like, you don't know, no, I had enough. I've read enough tweets. I've seen enough Facebook posts. Somebody please tell me where in that statement that he said he was gay because how is it that we can't see love like he said outside of what people say love is supposed to look like like i didn't catch anything romantic between the two the hug was brotherly like i'm sorry if you my boyfriend i'm announcing you to the world i'd be damned if you bro hug me on tv and like, dab me up <laughs> right like you're not gonna dab me up like i'm your homeboy and i'm introducing you to the world and coming out the same time like no we're gonna make the most of this moment we're gonna kiss re- even if it's a little peck or something you know, so when I saw it, I'm like, okay, I, I like this because he's learning to find a platonic and genuine love, even if it is coming from a friend or a guy, you know, and that's yeah. not what most people are accustomed to. And I guess, you know, when I went back and I watched it again, um, I I could see then at that point where people could kind of catch it. He was placing his words very precisely. Definitely. You know, so you had to tune that ear in. To like really hear it, what he was actually saying, and so like I was like, okay, I can see how somebody who probably isn't that invested but was like listening enough could have interpreted in the way of you kind of coming out. But for me and my friends, like we we kind of knew like right off the rip where he was coming from. So I I don't think he's coming out as gay. Yeah, I don't either. I think he, a lot of people said that he kind of misquieted us with all the words. And- oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, us- I would love a conversation between him and Miss Quad. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I would be pulling my nose hairs. <laughs> I cannot take them. And the way that he did it, it was kind of funny because I also did not think of it as him coming out. Um, now, when he was saying it, I was like, oh, it's going to come. It's going to come. And then when they dapped each other up, I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what they were talking about? It was really interesting because they also said that he was trying to maybe play on the quote-unquote gay um community because that's what he was trying to i guess put out there and i'm like that's formulating the same notion that we have a gay agenda and we're out here putting on some type of agenda for folks no he was really just talking i i think he was trying to promote his stuff cause a little speculation and shit but i don't think he was just playing on the whole like queer thing no, I don't. I didn't take that from this situation either, and I would hope he wouldn't think that him trying to play towards the gay community would help him with his product sales. Like yeah. that's that's not going to be a buy-in, even if you are gay. You just basically, you know, fulfilled a lot of fantasies for me, including myself. 
Uh, okay. You know, <laughs> like like that's all you did. But you know, if you're not dropping that on the fans link and really doing something on it, we ain't gonna just you know run to you like that. It's, it's not happening. Uh-uh. And even then, with the OnlyFans League, we've been bamboozled by several others. Ooh, listen. <laughs> that's, why I let, that's why I let the ones that got the little spare coins go ahead and do the quick subscription, because they don't care about being, you know, the sacrificial lamb to let us know if somebody's uh, OnlyFans is a, is a flake. So okay. I appreciate I appreciate those accounts. I'm like, thank you for helping us out, because I knew they weren't doing shit on there. <laughs> right. Like, who does that? They get on my nerves. But there is a whole other side of, like, Twitter that really does freak me out, and it is freaked out, okay? But we're going to get into that topic later. But I wanted to talk about another R&B sensation this time. I call him a sensation. Mm. So recently, the AMAs happened, and we know that Chris Brown was meant to perform, but uh, his performance was canceled. And then during... His award presentation, Kelly was pre- Kelly Rowland was presenting him with an award, and a few members of the crowd started booing. And of course, she stood up for him. And now people are talking about how Chris Brown can't catch a break. So, what's your take on the whole Chris Brown situation? The forgiveness is he still canceled? What is the thing? All right. So, honestly, I didn't know that Chris Brown was able to be canceled. Um. Like, we have known about this side of Chris since the Rihanna situation. And honestly, I kind of fell back out of all of that. It really could care less, you know, um, about he was doing that, too, because I just wasn't that invested in his personal life and, you know, what they had going on. So I I thought, like, we had kind of forgot or just swept it underneath the rug, honestly, with his behavior. I didn't know that it was still really continuing like that uh, uh, to this day. And so, you know, my thing is most people really don't see the opposite end of forgiveness until they're on that end of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, asking for it. Mm -hmm. And at that point, that's when we can understand what it feels like for someone like, hey, can you see it from this point of view? Mm -hmm. And unless anybody can just resonate with it, we don't really care. We're just going to be quick to, you know, burn you at the stake. Like, you're done, you're done. Um, But at the end of the day, I think that he would still be in his right to ask for forgiveness if that's something that he wants. I don't think he really cares, to be completely honest. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, we all should be willing to see it from another point of view or eventually make a, get to a point where we can give someone forgiveness to to move on, whether it just simply be for our own sake of mind, you know? Yeah. And so um, I think that if he would ever be committed to change behavior for, you know, the better, then we should definitely be open to it um, and not consistently or constantly hold this over his head because what's the point of forgiving if you're going to just keep bringing it back up right so and when it comes down to queen kelly i didn't take it as though she was defending him and his flaws and things that he's been in the uh light uh, for that are negative like the abuse right i took it as 
she was respecting him and his artistry. Her speech said, thank you for what you've done for R&B. And we're not going to sit here and act like Chris Brown has not had a chokehold on R&B since he came on the scene. Absolutely. So her thanking him for his artistry and his contributions to R&B is what I heard and what I respected from her. And she just commanded that respect in that moment. Like, I'm whether I'm presenting to somebody you like or not, don't disrespect someone's moment. Right. Like that, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't want that to happen to you in one of your moments and someone just had to try to take that from you. And then at the same token, it's like, I'm talking. Like, you ain't going to be more than I'm the one that's speaking. You okay. know, he's not up here to me. You know, so respect me at minimum, you know, in this moment. And so I, I just don't see I how people interpreted her thanking him for what he's done for music as her protecting him and uh, for what he's done in on his personal time. Yeah. And I think people were so wrapped up in all of the past behaviors. And I know there were multiple instances of his, um, the Chris Brown antics, but at some point, you know, it's not like we just say, you know, like swoop it under the rug and say, oh, whatever, boys be boys. But I think it's more so of, like you said, if there is a changed behavior in him, he's maturing because we have to realize Chris Brown is like still early 30s, maybe. So, of course, there's growing pains and nobody gets it right all the time. So I think Kelly was absolutely right. Like, everybody does deserve grace because he has done a great job for R&B. And that last album, I think, was pretty damn dope. Right. And the now they were trying to cancel Doggone Kelly. And I was like, it, on. <laughs> Like, it was literally the complete opposite of Monday I'm overrated, Tuesday on my dick. Because it's like literally the week before... <laughs> Y'all were Queen Kelly. Y'all were down with, with my girl. Right. And she make one one speech and thanking somebody for musical contribution. And now she's the villain. Like, what? <laughs> like, I, I just really feel like everybody's just trying to be a little bit too, too trendy at times. And it's just like, I, I don't get it. Y'all, y'all so deep, y'all lost. Yeah, like. people do get lost in the thoughts. But another oh. topic that people got lost on recently, which I saw a few posts from a lot of folks talking about the Grammys. Mm. And the for one, let's start with Nikki this, Nikki that. Mm. So we have heard that, we've seen that Nikki has, some people say she's been snubbed. Some people say she may not deserve it, but Nikki was not nominated this year. And I think that was very interesting. <laughs> no, she was not. Um, <laughs> first, let me just put out this disclaimer because I'm pretty sure you have some barbs that listen in. And yeah. I don't I refuse to be attacked. Y'all won't come for me. Because <laughs> I rock with Queen B. So okay. I don't care what y'all say. Um <laughs> I am a fan of Onika. I do speak critically of her because I have a high expectation of her. So it mm-hmm. may come off as hate because I'm not praising her or up her ass because I hold her to a particular standard. So I'm going to speak on it when she disappoints me only because she's a bar. She's the bar <laughs> at, at the moment. <laughs> so, hey, I'm, I'm just coming from constructive, even though it may come off harsh. Okay. With that being said, I am okay with Super Freaky Girl not being 
nominated for a Grammy because I feel like Nicki Minaj should have had at least three Grammys at this point um, with far better songs mm -hmm. than what she produced out. Super Freaky Girl did work, end up wearing on me. I didn't realize it until K97 was playing. I was on my way to work, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm bouncing. So, I, you know, I didn't even realize he had got me. So, you know, but it's like she's had so many better songs that she should have already been awarded for. And I do feel like she's, you know, is deserving of a Grammy and she should have had one by now. But this song wasn't going to do it for me. And honestly, I would, I wish the boss would just be okay with the fact that she may never get one because we know that she got blacklisted after the very first time she was there. So the odds of Nikki ever getting a Grammy are slim none until one of them decided they done torturing her. Mm. So just be happy with knowing her body of work and her contribution to female hip-hop or hip-hop in general. And be okay with the fact that she may never hold a Grammy. Like, y'all keep, you know, comparing her to Snoop Dogg and Tupac and Nas and other rappers. So there, y'all got y'all point. It's okay. okay. Uh, and yeah, the barbs are definitely um... <laughs> Strong in force when it comes down to Queen Nikki. So I try to tread lightly. So uh -huh. I too also hold her to a certain standard. And um it, it, I I do joke and laugh when I hear, you know, things from um the Barty gang, like and from Lotto's fan group when they call the super freaky grandma and stuff. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It was. It was. <laughs> I died from laughter. <laughs> and they had another one was a no Grammy for Granny or something like that. Yeah, I, I keep. I don't care. Y'all laugh at Beyonce's bang, so I'm gonna laugh at every hashtag they come up against Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> And so, yes, that Nikki is uh, something serious. So there have definitely been more songs in the past that I I saw as, like, Grammy-worthy. Super Freaky Girl was a song that I definitely enjoyed, but not something that I would say, like, oh, she gonna win a Grammy for that. Like, mm -hmm. that was almost, to me, like, Jocelyn saying she gonna win a Grammy for <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but I'm fidget with my cootie cat shit have win platinum. I don't care what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something. I, I think it's special. <laughs> but on a lighter note, your queen, mm. queen to mm. maybe breaking another Grammy record, right? She will. I know she will. Matter of fact, the day of the Grammys and I saw how that she was nominated for, I, I, I just, I said it. I said, she is about to be the most awarded Grammy person ever at this point. She is going to take, because she's only, what, like three or four away from the, the uh, guy who has the the record. I think that guy has like 38 or something like that. Yeah. She's it's, only yeah. a few. Like, it's a small number away from taking over his mantle and being not only the fact that you're living, you know, like you have, now you accomplish this title and you're living doing it you're literally a living legend at this point y'all right. better not y'all can't say shit to me about <laughs> Beyonce no Carter I'm sorry like nobody can ever say shit about that woman to me she has proven herself you call her overrated I call you stupid 
<laughs> and a few other ungodly things. But <laughs> like this woman is showing and proving and I don't like this this last album, are you serious? Still playing it. Still playing it. I'm yeah. actually scared to see the number of times I've listened to this album. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> like I'm looking forward to like the end of the year, like how Apple Music does that. You can do it on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. I know Beyonce is gonna be at my top three again. Oh my gosh, every year she's at the top. Never fails. <laughs> I love her. I love her. <laughs> yes, and she's, um, is she tied with Jay Z for most nominations or something? Um, I think she is tied because I saw somebody tweet about that too. So I think they may be tied together, um, for the nominee, for the nominations now at this point. Okay, so yeah, it's some like power couple. Like, come on yeah, now. I was like, just about to say that that is a dynamic duo. If I've never seen one before in my life, exactly. And I know her Grammy performance is gonna kill it. I just, uh, I'm just so scared, honestly. Like, wow. completely honest, because it's like they purposely pin her against Adele. Again. And for album of the year. And it's like, y'all really playing with this woman. Yeah. Because Renaissance deserves album of the year. Like, people that have, they got into Adele's album, because I didn't, you know, have even <laughs> said, like, the comparison of the two. Like, it was okay, but Renaissance was that album. Absolutely. You know, and so it's like, I know that they gonna try to pull it. Like I saw even the Rolling Stones tweeted, they was like, who deserves to win is Renaissance, but who's going to win is started by Adele. And I'm just like, I don't, I'm tired of them doing it. Like, I don't want to them to do that anymore. Like at this point, I just like, y'all should go on strike for her. Like when y'all know that they may try to pull a stunt and grab you to, um, that way she can't get there, you just drop out the Grammy. Cause like, stop doing this to this woman. Yeah, because at this point, I would definitely be like, you know, don't even put my shit up for nomination. Like. <laughs> right. Like, because y'all going to stop playing in my face. Like, yeah. honestly, true. Like, giving y'all bodies a true, true work at this point. And, right. Like, don't disrespect me. <laughs> like, yeah. stop doing this to this woman. She's done enough for y'all. Yes. And I think it's really also, when I think about... um the Grammys and how they definitely put their nomination categories together. It makes me think like, what do they do? People, is it like a committee? Do you know? I heard it is a committee and it, it has supposedly supposed to have thousands of members. Okay. Um, but I do know that it is a committee of um, what are, who are classified as uh, music experts. And so they are the ones that determine who wins. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, there are factors included, like, you know, pure sales, streams, um, popularity, even, if, you know, if you went on tour during this time year, I'm pretty sure they, they take into account a lot of factors when it comes down to making a decision. Okay. It's like, we see the articles throughout the year. We know what the woman is doing and the number she's producing and all this stuff. And it's like, she, when you put her albums up against some of the other albums, it's like, there's no way that she should be getting beat out. And yet she is. And it's, it's going to be Taylor, Adele, or some popular white guy, um, unless Bruno Mars comes out with an album again. 
yeah. that, that they're going to use, you know, to, like, try to make it seem like she just got beat out rightfully so. And we know she did. Yeah, and I've never been a Swifty, so <laughs> we can skip on. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, the Grammys are coming up. I am excited for it. I'll be looking forward to her performance. Um, and that's probably on another Sunday night. But another Sunday night activity that we also partake in is the Real Housewives of Potomac. So I saw that you actually love the show too. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Do you have actually, it has actually taken over for Atlanta for me? Really? Yes, the Atlanta girls have been sleeping these past couple of seasons. Like I know Angie and Bravo and they may feel some type of way, but everyone's constantly saying, "Get y'all probably need to listen." Bring Nene, Portia, and Phaedra back. I know okay. Candy may still be in her feelings, but. Phaedra's that TV girl. So <laughs> it's a business, Andy. Like, I know you you friends with Candy, but this is business. And she should understand that out of all of the other women on that damn show. Like, mm. give her a spinoff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> give her another like, show. Right, give her another show or something, you know, if she can't be on the same cast as Phaedra. But Phaedra needs to come back. Phaedra, Portia, and Nene all need to come back. I would love that. And even um, Twirl, Miss Kendrick <laughs> said that she would like to see Nene back. So Exactly. Come on now. Because yeah. Ken, Kenya is that smart businesswoman. She understands good TV. She does. Kenya knows it. She knows what it is. That's good because we definitely need that cast back. But um, as far as like Potomac, do you have a favorite on there? Yes, I absolutely do have a favorite when it comes down to the real Housewives of Potomac. I'm a scream because I have a guess. <laughs> you have a guess. Yeah, you let me tell get, me your guess. guess you go ahead, go ahead and guess. Is it Candace? Candace? No. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Candace. And you know what? I feel like you you just shaded me a little bit because I know you probably you probably thought it was Candace because that mouth of hers. No, it's strong uh, personalities. Uh, okay, <laughs> come on now. But uh, <laughs> no, actually, my favorite person on the Red Housewives of Potomac is Wendy. I love me some Doctor Wendy. Like the ba- <laughs> the woman is elegant. She is poised. Like I, I am here for that queen. Like I fucks with Wendy since she's come on the show. You know. Um. Now, Candace. Candace has. Candace has gotten a soft spot in my heart this season because say what you want, um, Monique was not wrong. I don't care what you say. I don't. I don't care what anybody say. So <laughs> Candace, Candace rubbed me wrong the first time she popped on. I was like, "Damn, the mama, like, calm it down," you know. And so I wasn't team Candace when she first popped on, but I have grown to love Candace and her antics. That mouth is something nasty, and I can appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially coming from somebody like me who, who's known for my mouth and some stuff that I say, so I'm like, resonate. But, <laughs> but I, you know, I I feel like I've matured a lot more, so I'm more on Wendy now than, you know, it is the Candace about to be given, because I still read the hell out of you, but, you know, in a more mature way, I ain't gonna stir up a lot of drama, and, you know, I ain't got time for a thing like that, you know. Yeah. Um, it's necessary. But that's my girl. And you know, Wendy is the one who kind of rubbed me the wrong way. What? I know. 
Oh, I thought I was gonna love me some Wendy, baby. <laughs> I was like, oh, this black African queen, I love it. <laughs> but she got on there and she, I don't know. Maybe I don't like the she seems a little braggadocious almost to mm. me. And people have said that it's maybe in the Nigerian culture or it's something like that to hold yourself to a certain esteem. And so maybe I'm just not getting the cultural connect or something like that. She's just not, I'm not living as much. But I do think that Bravo has kind of played into the almost colorist attack thing because I don't believe that it's a colorist attack when it comes down to Candace and Wendy. But I think they have that, um, they've played on that with Potomac for a while. Mm. So that's where I think the colorism comes from. And that's why I'm like, Wendy is just annoying to me. So I probably would be a Mia or not necessarily oh, no. a Robin. But <laughs> Karen is my ultimate favorite, by the way. I forgot yeah. to say. <laughs> Come on, grind on. I think it's because I'm old in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Grand Dame. She is, she, she's it. I love me some Karen, too. Yeah, but, and I um, would be Team Giselle because I just always have loved her, even just from church, but ooh. she do too much. Ooh. <laughs> That's an understatement. Okay, and I never would have thought that from her because oh. I've always known her from church activities mm-hmm. and to see her now I'm just like good gracious lady <laughs> um with the, when it comes down to the um colorist thing and the accusation of it against Robin Giselle and Ashley um I I'm kind of like a little bit all over the plate um mm-hmm. Because on one end, I definitely see it. Because especially this past episode, it it truly showed. And I was vocal about my opinion on Twitter. I did call Robin and Giselle bullies because I do feel like in this moment, they are bullying Wendy because they don't like her. And I'm guessing it may just be steaming for how much she was on their ass last season and ring the fuck out of Giselle, <laughs> you know? And I, and I gave it to Giselle on that first episode when Wendy tried to go up and do the fake hug and stuff. And Giselle was like, uh-uh. Because I, I resonate in that moment because I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, if, I don't, if I don't fuck with you, don't, don't embrace me. We're not going to do that. Like, just take this general ass hello and move on and enjoy the party, you know. So I was I was with Giselle in that moment, you know. But um, after that, you know, it's like "Mm, I don't know. So I do feel like because of whatever beef they have with Wendy, it has definitely fueled their behavior against her um, so far this season, and that to the point where they are bullying her because. Sharice probably, old ass probably just forgot that she was holding Robin back, but thank God for the shady ass editing of Bravo <laughs> that went back and showed us what we all already knew to be true, but confirmed right. it. So that's going to be a good reunion tea uh, when they show that part, you know, and so it's like, Robin, you're definitely being overly aggressive towards Wendy to the point where I was actually confused. Like I had asked one of my best friends, I was like, what actually happened, you know, so far that has made Robin be on Wendy so tough, and I just really couldn't even think of anything that, like, got them on this level quickly, except for, you know, Robin getting her feelings when she felt like Wendy wasn't on enough to the fact that she had something to say about me as well. 
mm-hmm. you know, and then it kind of seemed like it started from there. But it's like, Robin, you're sitting here, you pulled out your phone doing this whole little fight or um, scene at the restaurant, you pulling out your phone and recording it. You're literally telling Wendy that if she, basically saying if she ain't about to fight, then shut the hell up. Like yeah. you're you're antagonizing, and, and you're that's telling what she her, kept saying. <laughs> right? And, but yeah, you kept sitting here saying that she antagonized Mia. It's like what what is going on in y'all head? Because that's not what happened. What happened was Mia was yet again a pawn for Giselle mm-hmm. because Mia went and talked to um, Peter, but Giselle mm-hmm. knew that Mia was going to talk to Peter before they even went out to the dinner. So when Mia came back to the table, Giselle knew exactly what she was doing and she hit play. Giselle right. said, what were you talking about? Why does it even matter what right. Mia and Peter were talking about? That you had to, uh, when this woman came back to the table, you had to get her to announce it to the group of ladies. That's where Giselle made her first move in the pond that Mia is fell right for it. And you start coming at Wendy. And before Wendy said what she said, I said what she said. When she was like, oh, he said he got beef with you. I was like, if I was Wendy, I'd be like, I don't beef with men. And them words came right out of her mouth. I said, this, see, we understand each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wendy was like, you're like, I don't beef with men. Like, if a man has an issue with me, you talk to my husband about that. You know, I'm like, and Mia took that time. Don't be talking. This that's my brother. You talking about? I was like, first of all, you and Peter ain't really related, so let's right. say that y'all a little bit too old to be doing that brother sister shit. Right. Um, and secondly, you were already ready, Mia. Like you were instantly on ready to come for Wendy at any moment, especially after you talked to uh, Peter about what they had going on. And as soon as Wendy clapped back at you, you it instantly popped off, and you escalated that situation. So while you and Wendy going back and forth, and jumped Robin. And right. as we all saw that Mia was the initial antagonizer in this situation, here is another, where the colorist comes in, another light-skinned girl who could be auditioning for the Green Eye Bandit. Okay. <laughs> uh, coming in, and here, here jumps thing one from the, the uh, Green Eye Bandit, Robin. And what is Robin doing? There is a dark-skinned woman and a light-skinned woman arguing because the light-skinned woman started the argument. But the dark-skinned woman gets called the antagonizer. That right there is showing colorism. Because it's like, we all sat here and saw, just like y'all women saw, who started this incident. And it wasn't Wendy. Wendy started to respond. But yet, here you are antagonizing her own um, Robin, calling her the antagonizer, actually encouraging her to choose violence. When just last year, or was it the year before, uh, the, year, the year before that, you and Giselle were just completely, just, just y'all, y'all, y'all couldn't understand. Y'all, y'all couldn't be around her. Y'all couldn't stand with her because of her acts of violence towards Candace. It made y'all uncomfortable. Giselle, you had to bring a bodyguard to the reunion because right. this woman made you so uncomfortable right. with her chosen violence to y'all girl at the time. And now all of a sudden, it's okay because you're sitting here, Giselle, and you ain't saying a word. She didn't as say your, as your friend is antagonizing her, you ain't saying a word. Your friend saying, telling this dark-skinned girl to fight this light-skinned girl, you ain't sitting here talking about the Robin. You ain't doing number center in your dry-ass appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I see where it comes from, where it seems like colorism, because now the two dark-skinned girls are on the receiving end of bullshit. Like, what Giselle brought to Candace, Completing other bullshit. Yeah. Candace is actually handling it a lot better than I thought she would. 
Me like, too. <laughs> I thought she'd be on Giselle's neck so bad that Giselle wouldn't be able to breathe every time they end with each other. You yeah. know, so she's actually taking it more maturely and handling it a lot better than I expected from her. Like, this would have been the time I would have been like, hell yeah, Candace, read the fuck out this bitch, even though she still is. Right. You know, but, you know, so it's like, y'all, they are picking and bullying. And when you have them, as they call it, fairer skin girls on one end versus the two darker um, skin girls on the next end, colorism is definitely going to be a thing, especially when they're, you can kind of see the dark skin girls seem like they're aggressive in a situation where they're clearly all the bullies. Yeah, I think the whole thing is kind of crazy and it's like almost they're pulling for the drama and it's like, I'm living for it at the same time. <laughs> but I'm like, oh girl, y'all have definitely thrown this fight to the next level because the drink being thrown was not warranted. The uh -huh. yelling was not warranted. So Mia was definitely the aggressor in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do think that the antagonizing comments from Robin came from her dislike for uh, Wendy. So it wasn't even Wendy being the antagonizer. She definitely has a mouth on her. And I don't think Mia can keep up in that sense. So <laughs> no. that's where it was like, now Mia has to step up and go into a almost fight mode because she can't keep up with Wendy Mouth. She can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> to be read so articulately is something to definitely take offense to if you can understand what the person has said to you. And, and right. I think Mia can handle that mouth, that, that well-versed mouth of Miss Wendy, baby. So <laughs> I love it. Like, mm. But I, I do think that they're doing wrong and my friends will tell you, like, honestly, I was, this has me off of Robin because I actually had liked Robin. Like, a lot of times when people like, Robin needs to be off the show. I'm like, wow, like, she's so cool, like, and calm, you know, you know, she does have her mama's bullshit, which, you know, we've seen uh, when she turns up, even though she says she's not violent, but it's like, you ha literally have three seasons worth of footage where um, we can see that you walk up in people's personal space and, like, the more aggressive, like, you're about to attack them, even though you don't feel like you ever do. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, I had to fall off of her. You know, I had already fell off Giselle because I just, I've been thought that Giselle was um, reaching for storylines each year. She can't keep a man. So she has to keep drama. Right. So, you know, so she she's done, she's doing this every season. She's going to come for somebody's one likely marriage um, or one of them specifically, you know, to try to tear some shit up because that's the only way she's going to be able to keep her tick um, when it comes down to it because her life is boring you know, outside right. of this show. So I've been done with Giselle and this season really took me off Robin. I'm very disappointed in seeing how she acted and everything finally like really just being able to be brought to the for forefront with her behavior and shit. But Ashley, she she made a point. I saw her Instagram post and she was just like, y'all saying I'm colorist, but I've literally gotten into it with every woman on this show regardless of her hue color. And I'm like, what? Well, Ashley's not lying. Mama came in on 10 and has been on 10 every season with each girl. Like, honestly, she's not lying. Ashley yeah. has gotten into it with everybody. So I don't see Ashley at all as colorist. But I did see her as messy and vindictive for her comments towards Candace um, in that situation when it's coming down to Chris. Like, you sitting here saying, oh, it don't feel good to be on the opposite end does make it seem like you had just been sitting on this tea that you could have been told this woman in private like she asked you 
and you wait until you get into a public setting to try to put her on point, and then you drive the nail in the coffin by saying, oh, you don't like being on the opposite end of that. Like, girl, <laughs> really, Ashley? And no, it's a little more really? obvious to me because she'll sit there and kind of be smiling, and it's like, mm-hmm. girl, we see what you're trying to do. Like, get off of that, and <laughs> oh, that just, she just get on my nerves, too. I'm Ashley just not one of my favorites either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just they can't get the drama because Ashley in every season Ashley is in drama. That's why Giselle be reaching for some. Mama's like, damn. <laughs> okay, like who is stirring the pot in this time? <laughs> every year. Ashley volunteers tribute every year. I got y'all. Just okay. tell me who. <laughs> tell me who. When I'm gonna say something, I know that I shouldn't have said it. I'm gonna say it in the most inappropriate time, and I'll take it from there. Just tell me who. <laughs> oh, Ashley, she, she just the other. Okay. <laughs> so let's jump into another topic that I wanted to dive into tonight for this episode. Um, I titled this segment "Dating Ain't for the Weary." Mm. And one thing that I've seen across many timelines is the red flag situation. So are you a person that if you see one red flag, you're out? Or is it like you have to kind of assess the situation before? Um, I definitely assess the situation dependent upon the red flag. Okay. Um, because some red flags is just like, oh, I, I just can't fuck with that. Um, you know. You're a good person, but that ain't gonna ever be a, the case with me. Um, so depending on what the flag is, um, I am willing to kind of take a step back and give them a chance to explain it or me experience it to see it from their perspective. You know, um, I definitely give a lot of chances that I should not give out to a lot of people, no matter what the type of uh, relationship is, whether it's a friendship. Uh, or actual relationship or just simply dating to lead to a relationship like I I definitely fold when it comes down um, to those areas and I extend so much grace um, mm-hmm. to a person um, in which I found it out to be what I consider to be one of my dating flaws because it's like sometimes I, I should be gone way before I decide to let go because I just be hoping that the motherfucker would get that shit together because it's like, look, honey, I'm trying to be patient with your ass, but <laughs> I don't know how much I got left, and I already told you what the actual problem is, how you can fix it. It's like you trying not to. It's like when I run out, I'm out. You know, it's <laughs> what it is when it comes down to that. But I definitely will always take a step back and assess the situation before just running away at the you know first sign. You know, it's just like, huh? let's see. What about you? Yeah, I'm similar in that situation because I used to be like, oh, red flag, I'm out, see you later. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I think that's because I had been that person just like you who had given too much grace to folks who did not deserve it. And so then I was like, oh, I need to cut that off. And then at one point I cut it all off. So I was out of there. So now I'm learning a balance of assessing the situation depending on the flag as well. But I really like to understand where other folks come from because to me, that's how I learn um, new things. And it's not just about learning a person. It may be learning a new perspective or Mm -hmm. something else that I may have thought 
was like a deal breaker or something that, you know, may have been mind blowing to me. So I really do take time to listen to folks mm-hmm. just to understand where they're coming from. Yeah, that's but something I, um, hard. That's something I picked up um, at during my time in the military, you know, of course, being around so many different people and experiencing diversity for the first time, being able to get out of not only the South of Memphis and, you know, see what the world has to offer and, and, and grow and learn new people at a very young age. It opened me up to being able to think outside the box and not just be stubborn and set in my ways. And although it may not sound good to me, <clears throat> my dear best friend, Quinn, uh, told me something one day. He said, don't yuck my young. And ever since then, I've just always been even more open to whatever somebody else may get into or a part of their behaviors that they exhibit that I don't, but I'm now more willing to understand your train of thought and what led you to that and why you think this is okay. Cause you know, I could be, I could be looking at it from, you know, a closed minded point of view and maybe you can explain in a way to me that makes me be like, okay, I, I get it now. It may not still be for me, but I'm no longer going to judge you for it. Yeah. Yeah, I have gotten off of my judges block because I used to be um, heavy on my deal breakers until it was like, who will ever meet this perfect quota that you have set? For- <laughs> <laughs> right. so I had to really get off of that. <laughs> Do you have many deal breakers? Um, no, I don't. I don't think I have. Many deal breakers, honestly. When I sit back and I think back, it's just like, if it intrigues me, it's going to hold my attention. So, like I tell people when they ask, like, you know, do you uh, have a type? I'm like, no, I don't have a type because if I do have a type, the only thing you can say is black because that's the only consistent thing out of everybody that I've dealt with. So, it's like one person probably could do this. And I'd be like, no, I, I have thought better of you. You know, shame on you, but the other person do that. I'm like, that's typical. And they don't get the same lashing over here. So I'm like, I don't have a set of deal breakers and any type of real life behaviors that I can especially think of off the top of my head that's just going to instantly make me say, like, no. Like, even cheating, I'm willing to sit down and have the conversation to understand where did I go wrong in this situation and explain it and explain it the best damn way that you can to get me on your side, you know. So I don't think there's anything I can think of that I'm not willing to at least hear out. You have to buy me an island. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Not an island. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't think that's one thing that I'm just like budging on this much. I used to be there, like, you know, let's talk it out. But I think I've had too many experiences of being cheated on to where there's a little trauma still left there. Almost definitely. I, I definitely uh, will say that. Um, my first time getting cheated on, it definitely scarred me for life to the point where I did develop trust issues. Um, but I try my best not to allow that trauma to um, make me treat another person that I believe is coming at me in a genuine way, um, you know, in a bad way because of what someone else did to me. Like, no, I don't trust you anymore because I had a man look me dead in my eye and tell me all these sweet nothings and things that I'm actually here for because I know how good of a boyfriend I was and then to turn around and find out everything that was being done behind my back. 
Like at this point, I care less what you what's coming out your mouth. I'm I'm about action. You know, I need to see it. I need to feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, I definitely still carry that trauma, but it's it's well managed now. Like I've definitely grown to be able to not um, be mean to someone else or somebody else's fault against me. Oh, that's good. I'm I'm working on that. So keep on praying. Okay, <laughs> I'm still working on that. <laughs> but I do think I'm at a great place of um, just balancing that because my trust issues were deep. But now I'm in a place of, you know, I'm just enjoying people, and that's enjoying several suitors at the same time because now I'm just like, I don't know, I'm almost over dating again. I go through this every few years. So I'm just like tired of it <laughs> because I'm either over sexualized or I'm overly like cling to. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Where is the balance? So it's kind of like balancing the slut me out versus yeah. love me yes. tender. <laughs> yes. And it, it seemed like they just never land in the middle. Yeah, one, like one is gonna tip a little bit further than the other in those moments. Absolutely, I'm it's always. Usually, it's usually heavy on the slip me out. Yes, and I'm like, <laughs> I want you to meet me in the middle. Some days I may be like, you know, let's meet up in the kitchen early in the morning, you know. But other days I mean, like, just hold me, let me hold you. Just watch TV, damn. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch TV without getting. Oh, right, let me long. Damn, <laughs> you know. But um, man, I haven't. I'm not even gonna say how many years it's been, but it's been it's been some years. Um, I I say it's been about as many years as uh Sophia was in jail. You know when she's last seen her family. Okay. Um, <laughs> that I've been single and I I dated, but I didn't date for like the first year and a half after my breakup. And then when I got back in the dating pool, it was muddy waters. Like, an unclean bottom was just constantly present. <laughs> and I was over it because it was like, after so long, I got tired of getting that feedback because, like I said, I'm open to understanding, like, where did I possibly go wrong? You know, that made us not work. Um, if we, Especially being that we were heading, supposed to be heading towards, you know, that level of a relationship. But we never made it there. So, in an effort to help me grow as a person, tell me where I went wrong so I can work on these things when it comes down to me and dating. And I just got constant feedback of it wasn't you, it wasn't you, it wasn't you, it was me. Mm-hmm. And I just got tired of hearing it because I'm like, at this point, it's like, no, fuck that. Like, one of y'all or all y'all are lying. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it can't be me. Like, all of y'all can't be that flawed. I can't be that attracted to broken ass niggas. That, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, can I say that word on here? Yeah. Okay, I can't be that attracted to broken ass niggas that <laughs> I keep putting myself in the same rotation of doing great and good by these dudes, and then they telling me that it wasn't me that was fucked up in the moment, it was them, and that's what caused us not to date. But two months later, you want a whole fucking relationship. 
Ooh. Like, don't like excuse you. I can spit on you, but I'm gonna smile in your face and tell you I wish you the best enough for happiness with your relationship. I really don't mean it, and I hope your nigga cheat on you. But I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you that. But I'm not gonna say I'm happy for you. I wish you nothing but happiness when it comes down to you and your newfound relationship because. Clearly, it, even though it wasn't me, it must be that nigga because now y'all you in a whole relationship, and I'm still sitting over here single. And I promise you, Eddie, it, it seemed like it happened with each and every one of them. A few months later, they all end up in like relationships, and I'm just like, at this point, fuck y'all, cause y'all really making me feel like I gotta move to find my soulmate. And I love messes. I really don't want to move. I will. I do have plans on it, but like if I move to another state, uh, city, state, and I hop in a relationship within a year there, I'm gonna be mad as fuck because I've been okay. could have been having my happiness, and I'm still here, motherfucking mess, like holding out <laughs> on my man. Like, do I really need to get the fuck? <laughs> <And if laughs> I, it's time for me to bounce because I'm getting older. I, you know, I don't need a relationship, but I would like that companionship. You know, their okay. relationship with someone. You know, like especially being that I know me through and through. You know, I was not in a relationship long enough to be lost and forget who Marquise ever was. Mm-hmm. So I I don't have to learn me anymore, you know, and I'm, I now, you know, crave that attention, that affection, that consistency from someone. But I don't know, like, what the fuck I'm doing wrong, honestly, when it comes down to um, this dating pool. Like, mm-hmm. I know folks talk about my mouth, but at the same token, they say they like it. So I'm, I'm confused. Like, what? Right. <laughs> you know, and right. I'm thinking I need to be more spicy like you because I'm like <laughs> And I'm sitting here thinking I need to be more meek and mild. I'm like, so do I need to tame it down? And they're like, nah, they're like this will get your attention. I'm like, but it's not getting the right attention. Like, what do I need to do? <laughs> uh uh. I'm trying to be be their peace and stuff. And they like you said, they leave and go on get in another relationship. And I don't wish them nothing. I either block you, or unfollow you. <laughs> I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> uh, I don't wish not shit. Uh, uh, I don't wish you uh, shit. Not happiness, not joy, not misery, nothing. Get out of me, life. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I go I through those like times. It. I go through those ties all the time. But yeah, I'm looking forward to my next feeling of like dating. So I'm trying to get back out there, but it is muddy water in the pool. It's like a lake or something. I don't know. <sighs> Disgusting. <laughs> the dried up Mississippi. Okay. <laughs> I'm over it. But yeah, I did have a couple of other topics, but I guess we have to save this for a part two, honey, because... Oh, I'm here for that. (laughs) That would be amazing. But what I want to do is just acknowledge um, the devastating devastation to the LGBTQ community, the shooting at Club Q in Colorado. So we're sending love to um, you all out there, as well as the family and friends of they called her white girl Keisha here, but um, just the loving was one of the victims in Colorado who's from the Memphis area. So special love to her family. And yeah, I think this has been an awesome episode. Marquise. It has. I really enjoyed you. <laughs> now I want you to, what are some parting words for this episode? Cause you coming back. <laughs> okay. Well, since I'm coming back, 
the parting words that I will leave for you all is catch you on the flip side, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Now, tell the people where they can find you. Once again, you can find me on Facebook. It's Marquise Dwayne. Just keep spelling it until you come across a person with a green Bass Pro hat on with a uh, Snapchat filter on. Thank you. I was cute. Okay. Um, you can also meet, uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at A underscore underscore Marmar. Or it's one underscore. I just can't remember. And it's two Y's. So A-Y-Y-E underscore one or two and Marmar on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yes, and you can definitely find Marquise on those sites. All you got to do is rewind if you didn't catch it the first time. Don't be lazy, okay? Don't be lazy. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, Marquise, I am beyond grateful that you say yes, and we're also excited about being on the Southern Gent. This has been a thrill, and I'm more than happy to have you on for a part two. Thank you so much. I can't wait for it. Thanks. And if you're out there and you would like to be a guest on the Southern Gent, don't forget you can hit me up on any of my platforms. It's Eddie W Live on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can look it up on Facebook. Send me your topics. Um, send me your guest as well. So I'm finishing off this year with a few awesome guests. And who knows? But yeah, definitely check out EAC Speaks on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And I'll talk to y'all the next time. Ciao. Say ciao, Mark. Ciao.